0: And there's different types of freedom. Like we always talk about freedom as, and a lot of, maybe we don't say it enough as like working for yourself, being your own boss. And it's not necessarily that, but it's like doing something you're passionate about. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Ron Apke, your host for this episode. Today, I'm very excited to have Anthony Weiler on with us. Anthony is currently our COO at Apke Land with all of our land flipping operations, everything around that. He's the one making decisions on if we buy or sell properties uh, and does a really great job of that. I'm excited to bring his expertise. He's done land flipping deals himself. You guys have seen him. He's been on some of our previous episodes before he worked for us. So I'm really, really excited to get him on the show. Before we get started with the show, let's go over a quick question from one of our Discord members. This question is from Ben. If I get a property under contract and I see that the most recent deed was a quick claim deed, does that mean I cannot get title insurance? This is a really good question, Ben. I'll take this one, Anthony. This is a really good question, Ben. Uh, That does not necessarily mean you cannot buy the property. We buy properties all the time that were previously quick claim deeds. A lot of times, if a title search was not done, that's why it is done as a quick claim deed. So a lot of times it's family member to family member. So what a title company is going to do when they close for you on the back end is go back and make sure the chain is clean. That's the best way. What I would do first is look to see, like is the person who signed your purchase agreement the same person who is on the most recent deed? Then you can go a couple of deeds back and confirm that it was transferred person to person, or you could have your title company. But definitely don't just throw the deal out um, and go from there. Other than that, that's a really good question, Ben. Let's get started with the show. Anthony, welcome. I'm really, really excited to have you here.
1: Thanks, Ron. I'm really stoked to be here. I remember when you first told me about this. I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to do this in all the future episodes. So yeah, very happy to be here, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, we'll we'll get. You have a lot of insight. Obviously, you've been a big. Uh, you were a student within our community, and now you're a big like asset to our community, to our new members, everything like that. Um, so you've been with us in terms of land investing, probably 18 months, 20 months, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. Um, and then you started with us about a month, six weeks ago as our COO. And again, your role, a lot of your role is making decisions for our company. Um, but just talk about that journey a little bit real fast from, uh, I guess from student to, uh, kind of being really active, doing your own deals, everything like that. And now you're a part of our company. You're growing with our company and you're still kind of doing your land deals on the side as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started the land flipping journey with my dad and I, we, I was doing all sorts of research, trying to figure things out, came across uh, you and Dan. And yeah, since, since then, we haven't really looked back since Um, I was trying to figure out any way to make money. And I pretty much gave everything I had into the land flipping business and figured, you know, I'm all in at this point, especially after we got our first deal, I think it was buy for 30, sell for 68, um, $68, 68,000 all cash offer within one day. And since then, you know, coming from someone that never really had money, and I always had a bunch of student loan debt bogging me down, like me spending $20 is comparing someone spending $200 to $300, right? So I didn't really have much money. And then seeing that first deal come through really made me, you know, be all in on on this entire process. And since then, I just wanted to give back what you and Dan had given uh, me back as a coaching student. And yeah, we've we've done a handful of deals, and then you and Dan had approached me uh, about being a COO for the company, and you know I I thought that was unreal, and so I couldn't say no to that. And yeah, haven't looked back since. It's been about a month a month and a half, year, saying, as the COO, and it's just been uh, it's been a hell of a ride. So it's it's been a crazy experience. I've learned so many things so far, and I'm still learning a ton of stuff every day, not only from you guys but from the community. So it's been a great journey so far.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's really, that's really cool to hear from your perspective and, uh, talk about that. Like what was your mindset like going in? Obviously you, so when you left or when you joined us, you were still working a previous job in terms of you were doing land flipping and you had a typical nine to five. So it's not like you're a race, you're adding a nine to five to your plate by working for us or anything like that. Um, but, uh, what was, what was that kind of mindset? Was it was an easy decision. How, how did that kind of look? For me, it was an easy decision. Um, I had to make
1: sure that my girlfriend was on board because she was pregnant. Uh, we have a, a one month old now. Um, but I was actually working for my mom, um, and the company that she works at as a funding analyst. So I was working uh, a nine to five there and it, it was a, for me, it was a really easy decision, but there were so many variables at play, but just everything that I've gotten from the community and just all the opportunity that's there and how fast things can change for an individual. I I couldn't say no to an opportunity like that, but yeah, for the doing my land flipping uh, journey, I was working a nine to five. I I remember telling you, I was like an hour and a half, just driving to work an hour, half driving back to work. So three hours on the road, um, I was just going pretty much like batshit insane, just driving. And, um, and yeah, it, for me, it was easy decision. I had to make sure that everyone else was on board, my girlfriend, my family, because, you know, with the offer, I'd be relocating to Ohio, and I'll be out there um, shortly. But everyone saw just how, how someone's life can change with land flipping and how much my life had changed already and the opportunities I'm able to create not only for myself, for my fa- uh, but for my family and other friends asking like, hey, how are you doing this? What's it take? I, everyone's like, you have to take this opportunity. So uh, with that being said, for me, it was really easy. I just had to make sure everyone else was on board.
0: Yeah, and I think like your situation in particular like not everyone who joins our program whatever is going to end up working for us. Very few people if anyone else. Um and it just kind of worked out like it was a very natural thing. We had monthly, we had bi-monthly calls with Anthony every 2 weeks or something like that. So Dan and I had gotten we 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 became very familiar with Anthony, how he operated, how hard he worked, everything like that. And there's different types of freedom. Like we always talk about freedom, as and a lot of maybe we don't say it enough as like working for yourself being your own boss and it's not necessarily that but it's like doing something you're passionate about doing something like that and I think that's what you hopefully found with us um and you obviously will still take on your land flipping journey yourself um but that being said let's get into the uh kind of your first 6 weeks like what are you learning your deal volume obviously was never like this when you're by yourself like um sending 30,000 mailers a month isn't a normal thing and you're obviously going to have higher volume how does the operations differ when you're doing maybe two deals a month if you and your dad were doing two deals a month versus now 10, 15 deals? Like what does that look like uh, the operation, from an operations perspective? Because that is what you are, you're a chief operations yeah. guy. Um, so what does that look like? Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this. So the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you could rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world, to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else.
1: Yeah, for, for me, it's all about just efficiency and looking for bottlenecks and being as communicative as possible. Uh, one of the struggles I had at first is um, obviously with my, with my dad and I, we had a much smaller scale. So we're only looking at like one to two counties, right? And so when we're getting deals back, we're looking at you know, only a handful of things. I know the pricing off the top of my head, but with all the all these deals coming in, and then also with uh, people in the community wanting deal funding, you're looking at all these different counties, all these different states, you know, some states and counties have crazy slope. And, you know, that's just normal in that area. And you have to be able to evaluate that. So having all those things come into play, make all these phone calls, make sure that you have the right agents in place if you want to use an agent, and just everything from the buy to sell side, make sure that there's no bottlenecks. And at first it's, it's very hectic. Don't get me wrong. But if you just stick to it and you ask the right questions and you're patient and just get after it, everything will fall into play. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy experience, especially with a newborn, just trying to juggle everything. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you, you, well, I've learned so much within the first six weeks, definitely within that process.
0: That's cool to hear. And, uh, yeah, so Anthony's doing our deals as well as like if we're funding someone else's deals, he's helping with the operations on that. So you kind of like, I'm not saying we're, we're the biggest land company ever in terms of how, the amount of deals we do, but you kind of like skip that middle ground where you skip that like five to six deal range. So you went from like doing a couple of deals, which you can juggle on a pen and paper probably to yeah. doing like, okay, we're doing 10, 15, 20 deals. You're reviewing 10 plus deals a day. And like you said, it's not one market. Uh, we get especially when you're funding deals. You're reviewing deals in Oregon for fifteen hundred acres, which we just did, as well as Florida, Northeast, everywhere. So you need to more than ever in your position, I think, um, become a land expert, not become necessarily an area expert. Um, is that something you can kind of agree on? Like the importance of that, you can kind of touch on as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and I think it is good to be an expert in one area, especially if you have great success. Absolutely, but. Just the way with the business model that we have, it you really have to be a jack of all trades, and you have to understand not only what's going on in one specific area, but um, just the areas that you're targeting. You're going to want to know everything about you know those areas and figure out like who are the agents to partner with, what are good price points, and what type of things are you going to come across. So I, it, it really is important to be um, you know learn everything you can as fast as you can and not get overwhelmed by that process, but. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to have um, a broad scope and just be open to new ideas and new things because it's very easy, especially for me. It's like I've been doing this for a year. I've done a few deals under my belt. I feel confident, but there's so many things that change within each area that, you know, you always have to be an open mind that you you could be wrong. So yeah. um, definitely take things with an open mind and just, you know, get after it.
0: And it's a relationship game, guys. Like as you go into more areas, you need to you got to build relationships in every area with title companies. And we have obviously have a team behind us who helps do this. So Anthony's in charge of keeping those real to relationships. Um, our transaction coordinators in charge of keeping relationships with the counties, being communicative with them, uh, title companies, all that stuff. So building those relationships in different areas. And that is like one of, as a company, like that's one of our main focuses if we're trying a new area as ourselves, without a deal funding thing, um, as ourselves, like we need to build those relationships in that area. It is one of the more overlooked parts. And it's also learning about the area. Like you can price land and do all this, but you might not actually know what's going on in the area. So like really learn about where you're trying to invest in. I think it can be an overlooked part, especially once you start getting deals. I'm not saying overthink every market you enter, but learn about the market, especially once you start getting calls back. These sellers are going to tell you things they know more about their area than you do. So listen to sellers. Some sellers are going to BS you and tell you that you you need to offer them a million more dollars because uh, there's a train track behind them or something like, I don't know what it is. Um, but you're, you're going to hear all of these different things, but there's sellers that are going to be able to give you insights. Um, and that's why I kind of do like when new people do answer their phones themselves because it can be a little, it obviously can be a little stressful when you have people yelling at you, stuff like that. Um, but that can, being said, like Anthony, one thing you're doing also is, managing and we like we say time and time again we do not fund all of our own deals we take deal funding as well as well as fund money out so you're juggling like i I don't know if you've done it before i really never asked you honestly but part of decision making when we're buying properties is what is our money situation where's our personal money situation in terms of our company's money situation what money do we have out right now so when we have money out And when you guys as investors have money out in different spots, you want to minimize risk. So sometimes you're going to want to take deal funding, even if you might have the capital because you don't want to run out of money for marketing, anything like that. Um, How's that? How's that kind of been at it's a bigger scale, I'd imagine, in terms of like juggling the money situation, like decision making, because there's a lot of things that go into decision making on buying a property. It is not just can you buy this for 10,000, sell it for 20,000? There's more to it.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the bigger learning curves for me is looking at the cash flow um, spreadsheet that you had sent over and uh, partnering with the investors that we have too and the types of relationships like, hey, uh, these are the types of deals that we've done with them before. Uh, this is the type of experience that we're looking to pro- provide with them. So really trying to have that white glove experience because the last thing you want to do is piss off an investor and lose that relationship because there's not that many investors within, within the land flipping uh, community in general. So trying to take all of those things into play. It's one thing to evaluate counties, understand pricing, things like that. But once you start getting those deals in play, it's like, okay, we sent this to escrow. We have a list of investors. We need to analyze who's going to be the best fit and why are they going to be the best fit? What's the relationship we've had with them lately? How can we keep them happy? So having all of that and creating processes in place too, and, you know, partnering with our transaction coordinator, Amy, who's been fantastic and has a great relationship with the investors is you know trying to have that in play to where we can have things smoother. Um, we're able to look at the numbers faster. We can make better decisions partnering with you and Dan. Um, so for me, that was difficult at first. I haven't had too much experience with that before in the past. But you know, having coming from my end and being a manager, uh, it definitely gives me a different perspective, and it gives me a better chance to um, look at it just completely different. So I think with all those things coming into play is just trying to be as organized as possible and really communicate why it's going to be a good deal, why this fits our budget as well and uh, how we can execute this moving forward.
0: Yeah, and I think we talked a couple, you mentioned something I want to bring up. I think we talked a couple episodes ago about deal funding and that stuff. I know we did. Um, So check that episode out if you haven't. But you mentioned something about like keeping investors happy. Your money at first, guys, is not going to necessarily be the cheapest money you're ever going to get. But if you can do what Anthony just said, keep your investors happy, you're going to get cheaper and cheaper money as you're growing your business. And there's different ways to keep your investors happy. There's getting them a good return, which keeps them happy. Um, there's get, keeping them updated. I think keeping them updated is one of the most overlooked things in this business or in terms of investor relationships in general, with keeping them happy. It's not necessarily, we're not, when we give an investor an update, we're not asking them to do everything, anything. You don't have to read this update. I don't care, but I'm going to send you this update if you want to read it. We send them a video every two weeks um, about their deal, I believe. Um, if we do, tell me if I'm wrong, Anthony. Um, but either way, we're going to give them an update. If they read it, I don't care whether they read it or not, but here's this update so you can go back. So if you have any questions, and this is going to come to you every two weeks with an updated update. If a status changes, if we go under contract. We're going to let you know if we lose a buyer because an investor is looking at their money like they're trying to predict when they're going to get their money back as well and also they just want to trust and trust where their money is and if you keep them updated constantly guys they are going to be so much more happy even when stuff goes wrong because stuff is going to go wrong we just lost a buyer last week or something like that it happens we just let the investor know the situation. We're going to do our best to get it under contract again as soon as possible. We're going to get it on the market right now, um, and we'll get it sold. It's not apologizing. I don't. I don't. I don't believe you have to apologize to your investors. Like I don't think that. Like we're not saying sorry. This happened. It happened. Here's what we're going to do to get the next buyer. Um, but how, how's that been, Anthony? Because you've been big with us in terms of that structure. Um, investor relationship has been a huge role um, for your first six weeks. How do you think that kind of, I, I think it's drastically improved us as a business is those relationships and like the trust we're building with them. How, how, how's your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, for me, I, I think it's really important. And for me, when I first started off as a manager, the one thing I wanted to do with you and Dan is just be as transparent as possible and give as many updates because For me, someone that didn't really come from having much money before in the past and having someone fund thousands of dollars for one deal, I want to make sure that they're well taken care of because if I'm putting thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars into one deal, I'm going to be damn sure that I'm updating them as much as possible and being the best that I can be. So that's something I really take to heart with our investors. I make sure to reach out like, hey, this is my new role uh, with the company. I'm um, a point of contact. If you need anything, absolutely reach out to me. But really having that white glove type of service and just being like, I just want to treat them how I want, would want to be treated if I'm giving thousands of dollars as an as an investor hoping to get a return. And some of the investors don't even know that much about land too, some some that we partner with. So mm-hmm. I got to be damn sure that I'm sending a really good detailed report on why this is a good investment, why you're getting these updates, why that's important, and why you're going to get your money back in a good, fast way and why it's good to keep using us. So that's something that I really take to heart and having that experience before as a manager is really important. And like you were saying, keeping them happy is such an important thing. Um, Because like I was saying before, the last thing you want to do is piss off an investor. So definitely keep that in mind. And when in your land flipping business, you have the opportunity to become an investor at some point too. So make sure that you're treating your investors how you'd want to be treated once you get to that point in your own land business and start funding other people's deals. Because if not, I think it just runs full cycle and you'll get treated the same way you treated the investor.
0: You'll get blacklisted. Like that's the reality of it. Like there aren't. Anthony said at the beginning, there aren't that many of us in terms of land investors. Like you will get blacklisted. We all talk, all of us. Like it's not like we're competing with each other. Like yes, I want deals. I want solid deals for to invest in. Um, but that being said, like you will get blacklisted. I don't want other investors to get screwed over. Um, just like I won't. Don't want to get screwed over again. So if I get screwed over once, like it's going to. It can get you blacklisted as a uh, deal manager. I guess you want to say. Um, I like that perspective a lot. And it. this is not something, investor relations is not something you guys are going to see an ROI in overnight. Um, but six months down the line, 12 months down the line, when you're getting cheaper money, when it's extremely easy to get deal funding, you have to think twice about where you're going to send this $100,000 deal. It is going to pay off for sure. And you never know where those relationships can take you for sure. Um, but Anthony, you've obviously been with us quite a long time. What's, uh, going to kind of go in a different direction with this. What's, how, how have you seen the community change over the, I mean, you were early, early in terms of like, we were land investing far before we started land investing online. Um, but that being said, like when we started land investing online, like you guys were probably one of the first 20 people in the community, something like that. I don't know exactly. Um, how's the, uh, community changed? It's, it's so crazy. I think today, um, I took a screenshot. We
1: have 2000, um, people in the discord community. And when I first started, I think it was less than a hundred, like you said, around 20, but I think it was slightly above that, but it was a lot more quiet. Um, I felt like people were timid to ask questions and now it's just everyone and anyone that wants to be involved in not only land flipping, but we're seeing people who do wholesaling deals that have joined the community and just the activity is crazy. And for me, it's so cool to see Um, because also too, you're seeing people grow. I'm seeing people that have been in the community since the same time as me and they're funding their own deals. And at some, I think one person was actually able to quit their job and they're in the accountability group that I'm in. And for me, that, that's so cool to see and seeing everyone's member success stories and how much that has grown too. It's phenomenal. So it has been such a huge transition and there's so many active people and it's kind of hard to keep up with, to be honest, like Mm -hmm. just seeing all the people that are joining um, it's, it's been, it's been a really cool ride. And I, Even though I haven't really been with the company, I was a coaching student at first, but just seeing that transform, I felt like I transformed with it. So that's been a hell of an experience.
0: It's wild because I like to look back, I could find texts to some of my like buddies who don't care about my business or anything like join our Discord, (laughs) just telling them (laughs) to get in our Discord just so we have another number. Um, And now it's like, it's a hundred, it's 50 a day, something like that. And if you guys aren't in our discord, please, please join. Like we'd love to have you guys, even if you're not interested in land investing, we have a bunch of different real estate investors in there. Landinvestingonline.com slash discord. Um, but that's really cool to see your perspective. And people ask us like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you coaching? Why are you doing this? And like hearing stories like uh, Shelby, who was able to quit her job a few days ago or a few weeks ago. Um, and she got a monster deal recently that she's going to make quite a bit of money on um it's just those are the stories that like drive me and i'm sure i i can feel the same thing from you and like hearing those stories are actually exciting um and cool to hear from people that you've known for 6 8 months they went through hurdles it's a roller coaster ride as you know um but it's 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 going up like the roller coaster is going up even though it goes slowly up and down um it's going up overall if you're consistent in this business any uh let's go to advice for new people not necessarily whether they're new students new whatever new in our community, thinking about land investing, like what's some advice you've tried different things. And if you guys haven't watched some of Anthony's previous episodes with us, watch them, please. Um, I don't know exactly what they're called, but typing into Google, Anthony Weiler land investing online, and you should be able to find those. Um, what advice do you have for new land investors, new people, potentially land investing? Um, yeah, let's go there.
1: Yeah, so I've I've tried a handful of things before land investing. I had tried drop shipping. Uh, it was actually drop shipping adult novelty products, and that was a complete flop. Um, that I know that was a really wild experience, and that's a that's a another podcast for another day. Uh, I tried podcasting myself. Um, I tried affiliate marketing. I've I mean I've tried so many things, and doing the consultation calls too with uh, new members doing goal setting calls. One of the almost every call people talk about, you know, how they're fearful and they're skeptic and they don't know if they should be, you know, what to expect. And for me, I I don't really understand that reasoning because I have failed so much, but all those failures that I've had have led me to this moment. All those failures are learning opportunities. You could either, there's two types of people. You fail and you say, screw this, I'm being scammed or this just doesn't work for me. This isn't it. Or you can say, good, this is a learning opportunity. I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. I can get better. These are my bottlenecks. And those are the people that I see really succeed are the ones that take failure as a learning opportunity and they just want to get better and they want to get after it. They know it's a grind. I've had mailers to where they failed and I got really nervous, but then I took that as an opportunity of maybe I'm not being efficient with my pricing. Maybe I'm not being efficient on the phones. Maybe I'm not, whatever it may be. You just need to keep moving forward and don't be, I don't understand that idea of being so scared. I'm more so scared of not doing anything and what would happen if I don't take action. So I tell people to look at it more so from that, that mindset of you're here for a reason. If you stop doing what you're doing, are you going to be happy with where you're at by not doing anything? Or would you rather keep moving forward and learning? Cause yeah you may fail at certain things but that's just going to lead you to the next thing and you have all of these skill sets in your toolkit and then you can just use it in all these other avenues that you would have never expected at that time so move forward don't be afraid and just get after it because a lot of people aren't doing this you're here for a reason and just keep moving
0: yeah the opportunities there guys like it's just the reality of it like there are people and you probably know when you're doing those so anthony When people first become a member of Land Investing Online, Anthony does a 15-minute consultation with them to set goals. And that's one of the bonuses with our program is you get to meet with him, kind of align your expectations with your goals, with the action steps you need to take. And I'm sure you can kind of tell like, okay, this person's for real. They're coming in here. There's people who talk and then there's people who like, okay, this person's going to do some stuff. And that's really the only way to fail, guys, is by stop trying. I stopped uh, sending mail like that is the only way to truly fail in this business I don't hear people who come to me and like I sent 20,000 mailers and I got zero deals have, I've never ever heard that maybe you'll have dry spells of six 6,000 like that's a pretty bad dry spell 6,000 mailers no deal like Anthony said, reevaluate re-evalu- your operations, reevaluate what you can be doing better. Like maybe you're not being aggressive enough on the phones. You you turn that aggress you turn that into aggressiveness on the phones. A lot of deals are gonna come out of nowhere. Like Lucas is one in our community, Anthony, that constantly stands out to me. Like in my mind. And if you guys Lucas is very active in our Discord, I'm sure you guys have seen him talk. Um, but uh It's just like, he is attacking deals. Like he's not just going to throw a deal out. No deal just gets thrown out. And that's how you got to look at it at first, like grind to get deals. And like, that's my best advice. I think you had great advice as well. Um, in terms of like, just don't give up. Like that's the reality of this business is there's so much opportunity. And if you did invest in education in this, like, let's go take some action for, uh, for sure to make some results.
1: Absolutely. That it's, it's so important. I, I
0: completely agree. But um, other than that, guys, Anthony, do you have any last words before we end it?
1: No, I, I think we ended on a good note. Just get after it. Don't be scared. And even if you are scared, it's OK. Keep moving.
0: Just, <laughs> it's just normal. Keep moving. Fear is not an unnatural thing for sure. Fear can grind yeah. or fear can really uh, motivate as well. Running away from someone. Something is not a bad motivator for sure. <laughs> um, Other than that, guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Anthony and myself are very active in our Discord, landinvestingonline.com slash Discord. You can join our free Discord server. Um, Other than that, guys, have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps our business grow, and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining, and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, Thanks, guys.